Ah, hello there. So I come now to a review of Survivor Series 2005. This was the first Survivor Series to do the Raw versus SmackDown uh, theme. And to be honest, it was the only one to do it for 11 years until they, they brought it back up in 2016, I believe. So here we go. This um, The match itself starts off with uh, Chris Benoit versus Booker T. What this was was a best of seven series for the United States title. Match itself's okay, it's fairly solid. Not the greatest match in the world or anything like that. But uh, Booker wins by uh, with help with he rolls up Benoit and then Char Charmel helps him out over the ropes. So you know what? Booker T won because he's that's good, he's awesome. And Chris Benoit was a boring fuck and a murderer. So good, glad he lost here. I think Benoit, if I remember right, Benoit ended up winning the whole series. So yeah, oh well. But at least on the, the first match here, Booker wins. So that's good. But uh, yeah, I remember they did something similar, like, or a best of five series or something like that, with Cena and Booker T for the US title as well, a year earlier, something like that. So there you go, it's just copy and paste there. But oh, well, there you go, match itself's okay, not too bad. Up next, you've got Etra Stratus versus Molina, women's title. Decent enough match here. Molina's got Eminem, aka Johnny Nitro, and uh, Joey Mercury. And Nitro would also obviously go on to become John Morrison. She's got them in her corner. Uh, interestingly, Trish has got Mickey James in her corner because uh, Mickey James was her pal at this point, like her little obsessed uh, uh, stalker pal friend. And uh, then, but then, of course, this was lead on to the great rivalry, which lead to the in two thousand six, which lead to that classic. And to, to my mind, still the best women's wrestling match at WrestleMania. Trish versus Mickey, WrestleMania twenty two. You can take your overhyped main event from thirty five and shove it up your ass. Well, that that's uh, certainly the to me the best women's match. And this is quite good, a decent enough match. All right for the time it's got. Never a big fan of Molina. She fucking irritated me, especially that annoying screaming she does. That was just unnecessary and just annoying. Apparently, she's meant to be coming back to the WWE at some point. So, you never know. The dirt sheets could be nonsense, of course. You never know. But, uh, yeah. Really, really don't like Molina. So, hopefully, if she does come back, she stops that nonsense. That annoying screaming shit. Or they put her on SmackDown so I don't have to see her since it's intellectuals on Raw. So, yeah, there you have it. Um... Up next, we come to the match of the night. Triple H versus Ric Flair, last man standing. This match is absolutely awesome. Brilliant match here. It's absolutely brutal. I mean, Flair's busted open in the first few minutes of it. And you've got a, a gruesome spot with Triple H gnawing at him with a... Going at him with a, a screwdriver. It's, it's gruesome, but Flair, Flair shows like real heroics in here. Yeah, I mean, a real visual of a common visual of Flair's career was seeing him busted open but this was particularly gruesome. It had some great spots in this like when he backdrops Triple H onto the announce table when he's trying to pedigree him. The finish as well is great. He's, he keeps standing up after getting I think it's like two or three pedigrees and then Triple H just says ah oh, fuck this. Goes out, hits him with a sledgehammer and a brutal way to end. A brutal but brilliant match. Flair came back to the WWF as it was at the time, the night after Survivor Series 2001, and then retired in uh, April 2008, in that emotional farewell with Shawn Michaels, and many people would would uh, say that that was his best match, and I wouldn't argue with a lot of people, but certainly this is the top in the top two. This is of of the, his best matches since he came back. This was outstanding stuff, outstanding. So was that. So that's what the, those two would be the two best matches. That 
the Shawn Michaels one is the one that everyone remembers, but this one is right up there as well. And it's definitely, as I said, the most brutal. So there you go. Up next is John Cena versus Kurt Angle WWE title match. For some strange reason, I can't remember why, but Davari is the referee here. <laughs> I know that Muhammad Hassan was meant to be in for a big push, and then they did that stupid spot with him and the Undertaker in the whole, like, uh, I think it was the whole mocking terrorism thing or making somebody a martyr thing or whatever, and then Muhammad Hassan got uh, basically fired after this, so they maybe wanted to do something with Davari. So they put him for some strange reason. I cannot remember the reason why he's the referee, but whatever. And then there's this whole thing where the referees keep getting knocked down and beaten up and whatever. It kind of becomes a bit of a clusterfuck, to be honest. The match itself really isn't very good. And you've got a problem here that Cena's basically becoming... You could see the Cena monster was really starting to turn and fans were really getting sick of Cena already at this point in time. And but at only at, this is only what six months into his title reign or seven months into his first title reign, you could see oh, you could honestly feel the everyone turning on him. There, I think they pretty much fully turned on him by this point. I remember rewatched Summer Slam two thousand five and, and and reviewed that, and I could see you could see it hadn't quite fully came yet, but it, it came by this point in time. Really had. That's just not very good. It's not terrible, but it ain't particularly good. Let's be real here. Up next, Eric Bischoff versus Teddy Long. Yes, that's right. The general managers of each show had a had a match. See, this is and right. Okay, this isn't a good match, but it's, it's a bit of fun. It's stupidity. It's daft. It's okay for what it is. I can see why they put it on the spot. Uh, and then they have for some reason the boogeyman interferes and it beats up Eric Bischoff. Teddy Long wins. Whatever, but. At least with this, I know it's not a good match or ever, and I and I hated the boogeyman character. I, I honestly thought it was just disgusting, frankly. But there you go. But especially with the worm thing, just hated that horrible. But here's the thing, right? 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 Here's the thing. I will say this. I'll defend this here. I think this match does belong in the card. It's kind of a special attraction little thing. They put it in between the title match and the main event, and honestly. What I've been saying about these current Raw and SmackDown things, there's no, since there's no general managers, what you've got here is that Adam Pearce, who just shows up on both shows and is in the most boring, uncharismatic way possible making matches. There's really no sense of a rivalry. At least there was a sense of a rivalry here between the general managers. At least the general managers had character. Yeah, Teddy Long playing in a tag team match. And then you'll go one on one with the Undertaker. And then. And Eric Bischoff, of course, speaks for himself. And the other thing is, because Raw lost this, I think this is what led to, like, a couple of weeks later, the trial of Eric Bischoff on Raw, and Eric Bischoff got fired because of uh, Raw getting beat at this event. So there you go. There was actual stakes going into this, and it made sense. What's the stakes going forward in this year's Survivor Series? Nothing. Nothing will change from the landscape. You know, you know damn well nothing will really change after this Sunday. This well, this paper will pro probably impact nothing going forward going into WrestleMania season or Rumble season. There's nothing, absolutely nothing. So at least with this, there was something on the line, and you could see that was going to affect the future of the TV. And and I would. And as well, another point as well, Survivor Series 2018, was it two years ago? Survivor Series got, uh, SmackDown got completely clean-sweeped. For what? 
for what did it lead to a big storyline on Raw or sorry on SmackDown after this? No, it didn't. It just led to Shane McMahon teamed with the Miz and then turned heel. Wow. <laughs> you know, no efforts put into the ratios. That's what I'll say. But anyway, I digress. We come to the main event, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. This is the first time they ever did this. Uh, frankly, it's probably the best one they've ever done, I would say. You've got, um, and unfortunately, Eddie Guerrero had passed away a couple of weeks before the show was due to take place. So Randy Orton then came in to take his place on the Team SmackDown. But you look on, on the, some of the big names here, you had the likes of Shawn Michaels on Team Raw, Randy Orton on Team SmackDown, Batista as well. There was some real big name talents on these shows. At this point in time, JBL as well was here. He was a kind of a legend on SmackDown, to be fair. Um, yeah, the match itself is thoroughly entertaining, really good, fast pace. The finish of this one finish comes to a similar sort of structure to the one, the, the one I reviewed yesterday, Team Elston versus Team Bischoff from Survivor Series 2003, in which uh, Shawn Michaels is down 3-1, to one, but he gets in two eliminations, and then there's a bit of interference, and then he gets RKO'd, and Randy Orton is the sole survivor this time. So for the third year in a row, this became the little thing here, Randy Orton is the sole survivor. There you have it. So, uh, although he didn't get RKO'd, I believe, in the Survivor Series 2003, I think he just got Batista bombed and Orton pinned him, so there you go. But Orton pinned him again, so a lot of similarities here. So, yeah, a bit of a shock as well, we'll say early on, because Batista's the world champion in SmackDown at this point, but he gets eliminated quite early. But then he's got sort of uh, taped up ribs and all that as well, so he's got it off. And he gets a reason for it, he gets double teamed, but like Big Show and Kane are in this as well. So that's cool. And then after this, the man of the moment returns The Undertaker. Yep, he comes up, burning cough, and he goes right after Randy Orton. This was great. Randy Orton and Undertaker was one of the best rivalries of 2005. Had some great things here. Remember, they like burnt, uh, they, him and Bob Orton burnt, burnt a casket with The Undertaker in it back then. So yeah, that was a great, great rivalry. Uh, led to Undertaker Orton and Helena Cell a month later at Armageddon. So, yeah, there you have it. Fantastic. So, this show as a whole, it's one of those ones that didn't age very well. I'll be honest, watching some of the stuff back, uh, because there was some guff on it. I mean, seeing an angle, yeah. I mean, Bischoff and Teddy Long was fine for what it is. I mean, I understand why it's there. It's not really good, but at least it had some sort of consequence to it. Yeah, Benoit and Booker T is okay. Trish and thing, um, Melina was okay, uh, but there was two outstanding matches. They're, these are the two matches. The whole show you'll really need to see. I remember the show being better than it was, but I think it was because I just really remembered the two top drawer matches. Triple H and Ric Flair, outstanding last man standing match, and a great Raw vs Smackdown Survivor Series main event. It was fantastic, thoroughly entertaining what a Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series should be. It doesn't need to be all Raw and the whole thing being all Raw versus SmackDown matches. And and this actually did it so well. It made it feel more special because at the end of the day, these these ones that they do now when every single match is Raw versus SmackDown, which is what they've been doing and what they're going to be doing this Sunday, you kind of get sick of it. At least that you've got other stuff here. You've got the US title, you've got the women's title, you've got the 
WWE title plus the Triple H Flair rivalry. There was other stuff going on, and at least you had a sense that the, uh, there were stakes on the line, especially with Eric Bischoff's job on the line. But now they don't even have general managers because that was a thing a few years ago. And then that thing, the McMahons in the ring basically saying, Oh, we're going to listen to the Smarks now. Yeah, they, they did. I want it because the Smarks say they don't like general managers. Well, there you go. You've got a rudderless ship. So that's what happens when you listen to the Felix. But there you have it. SummerSlam 2005. Maybe not a great show, but you know what? It's a good show with two great matches. So good for that. And it's a proper example of how you actually do a, a Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series. So it'll be the next review I'll be doing, be jumping a few years forward, Survivor Series 2009. So thank you very much for listening there and goodbye.